The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to yet another episode of the Piercing Wizard podcast. Uh, I feel like I'm ramping the show back up a little bit. I don't know that I can guarantee weekly episodes, but I can tell you that I have a lot of ideas and I have a little bit more energy to get back into podcasting, so I'm going to try to get some more regular episodes up for you. Uh, This week, I have an interview with uh, a piercer that I've been interacting with a lot online um, over the last pandemic year and a familiar face from the BMXNet conference for anyone who goes, and that's Iko Hostin. And uh, I need to tell you about a a free class on Sunday, May 23rd, Uh, and it's all about working disposable as a body piercer. So if that's a new concept to you, if you've heard people talk about that term online, disposable piercing, disposable piercing, and you're not really sure what that means, if you think that it's just like insane that you're going to be throwing away all your tools, that's not really what it's about. So we're going to get uh, pretty pretty deep into it in this conversation, and then you can go uh, even further into that uh, conversation with uh, Ico's free class. You can uh, follow the APP Benelux social media pages. You can get all the information about attending that class. Uh, it's open access to the first 100 attendees, and it's free. It will be taught in English. Um, and that's put on, again, by our friends at the, the APP Benelux. I did a, an interview with one of their, uh, their founding board members, Stuart Hoffman, uh, a few episodes back, so you can go back and, and listen to that if you're more interested. But uh, APP Benelux is for uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg kind of a, a local piercing organization, and they've been they've been putting in a lot of work uh, this pandemic year. So you can go back and listen to that uh, episode with Stuart to talk about their formation. But I talked to uh, Ico really all about this class and just the concept of disposable. Some people think that it's all about like, well, you have to buy everything prepackaged and sterile. And you can buy all kinds of stuff, prepackaged, sterile, disposable now, all different kinds of clamps and tools and, and implements. But uh, the, the main concept of working disposable is that you'll have a sterilizer in your studio. You'll have an autoclave, you'll have a statum, uh, and you'll be still sterilizing all your materials, your jewelry, your needles, your your implements, uh, well, at least the ones that you don't buy pre-sterilized, but then you're just disposing of them. You're not reprocessing them. You're not having to expose yourself to uh, contaminated tools, to to re-clean them, to re-sterilize them, and then all the things that go with it, all the chemicals all the need for PPE and and throwing out all those different things that are connected with reprocessing. So we talk a lot about uh, the the green aspect of disposable. It's still, you know, up for debate at this point, but you can really see both sides of it. Uh, You know, which one might be uh, less of an impact on the environment, less of an impact on your, your wallet in the long term. If you're a body piercer and you're kind of in that phase of like, I want to sink a bunch of money into my shop to uh, to to step up to upgrade. And if if your sterilization room is a point of stress for you, listen to this episode, attend this class, seek out a lot of information from a lot of different piercers because you know at the end of the day you might be able to take those couple thousand dollars that you might have to spend on a on a high quality 
good, safe sterilization room and you can put it into lots of other things if you're working disposable. I know lots of other piercers out there uh, who, who work disposable only. There have been a lot of piercers kind of on the forefront of this conversation. Uh, Jeff Saunders, Monica Sabin, Brian Skelly, a lot of different people kind of sharing the information of what disposable piercing can be. And a lot of the new studios that are, that are opening up these days um, are dis disposable because they know that um, that might be the future of body piercing. Not for 100% of people, I'm still very much a reprocessing studio, uh, but all these concepts of disposable piercing are really fascinating to me. So we'll, we'll really get into it in the conversation. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been signing up to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash RyanPBA. Uh, I've had a great response to that needles class. I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with it. Um, talking about the different types of needles and the origins of where body piercing needles actually came from. The split in the, the family tree between the people who uh, used the, the needle with the hub and the cannula still attached and all the different techniques that they developed with, with that implement. And then you have the other side where people took those medical needles, uh, got rid of the cannula, cut the hub off, and then developed all their techniques that way. So it's a, it's a great class. It's a great piece of educational information, especially if you're not already really familiar with the, the origin and the designs uh, of, of different body piercing needles. At the end of that presentation, I also have a great needle vendor survey, uh, information about some of the industry's top needle vendors and how you can get their products, where you can get their products, and, and what products are available through them. So it's a great piece of information. You can uh, watch it anytime on demand at patreon.com slash RyanPBA on the $15 a month tier. Sign up whenever you'd like, cancel whenever you'd like. I've got a couple more things that I want to plug, but I'll leave those to the end of the show if you're sick of listening to me talk. Uh, but let's go ahead right now and get into this episode with Iko Hostin talking about a totally free class on Sunday, May 23rd about piercing disposable. And uh, if you stick around to the end too, I can share some more information about another class that you can take on Sunday, May 30th in Spanish about uh, skin antisepsis, uh, different skin antiseptics with Ruben Trigero. So stick around to the end of the episode, but let's get into that conversation with Aiko. So hi, I'm Aiko. I'm a body piercer at Cutting Edge Tattoo in Belgium in Aarschot. I am current secretary of APP Benelux um, and also a member, of course. Uh, you can find all the info about APP Benelux on uh, www.appbenelux.org. If you need more info about uh, our association, which is newly found, I think we started two months ago, month and a half yeah. ago. Um, Very recent. Yeah. How was um, how was the response to your launch? Uh, it was weird. It was I didn't expect so much people to ask questions or um, ask info. It's very cool. Um, uh, that's also the reason why I made the the webinar because I have a lot of friends who know I work disposable uh, and they were like, yeah, but we don't have the room for uh, a decent sterilization room. How do you do it? Can you help me? Uh, do you have any info? Um, so it made it, it was easier for me to make a, a webinar to help more people than just to answer the message base by base. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I, I've seen some really positive reactions to it. And when it comes to the, the concept of disposable, I think some piercers, they, they might get confused by it and they think like, well, I have to throw away all these expensive things that I bought. But when you kind of prepare to be disposable from the ground up, it changes everything. And I think it's a great conversation to have 
with just like you said, the piercers who they, they want to improve, they want to uh, grow, but they don't necessarily have the space or the budget or the means to just build out some fancy sterilization room. So you can say that you can, you can pierce really safe, but you can do it in a different way, but you just have to kind of learn some of the skills to go with it. Exactly. You, you have to learn what you can use, how you can use, where to find everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's a different sk skill set you need. Uh, it's a lot of thinking in the beginning, but once you're, you have a go with it, it's an easy flow. For me, it, was, it took me about a year and a half until I was fully disposable. Uh, but it was, for me, it was a no-brainer because the, the sterilization room I had wasn't really up to par. It was, yeah, just mm -hmm. a small room with everything inside all clogged in. And after a few conferences, I was like, yeah, I really need to change that. And then I changed studio and I had the possibility to build a sterilization room. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to invest that a lot of money. It's, <laughs> it's not worth it. Since I already knew how to work disposable, it was easier to just keep it going. Yeah. I, if I could go back, I would maybe reconsider how I'm doing things because I've always been a processing studio. Six or seven years ago, we moved to a larger location. And, you know, part of that build out process was planning the front desk and the jewelry areas and the piercing room. But a big part of it was building out that sterilization room. And now if I was, you know, I, I never want to open another shop again in my <laughs> life, but if I ever had to now, I, I really think that that's the way I would go with it because the, the piercers who I know who are disposable and have been doing it long enough where they're comfortable, I don't think that they feel like there's anything they can't do. And I, I think that that's sometimes when you're a piercer like myself who processes everything, you might think, well, I, I wouldn't be able to do this without this tool or this without this something, equipment that I would need to reprocess instead of throw away. But I think if you can just relearn it, just like any other skill, like going from clamps to freehand, you have to relearn a lot of skills. So um, how long how long have you been piercing? And then like, at what point did you start to think I want to transition into being primarily disposable? Well, I started piercing about six years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I worked at a studio which wasn't really up to par. It was like, yeah here's your room and your sterilization room is next to it. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to do that. I don't want that. I was like, mm. and I was thinking, how can I change it? And then I opened my own studio and I was like, yeah, I'm going to build everything. And after a while, I was like, yeah, the sterilization room isn't good enough. It's, I need better equipment. I need a larger room. And I was thinking, how can I change that? I was really organizing everything i was like okay i'm going to close again for about two months i'm going to yeah rebranded everything and then i was like yeah no that's too much a waste of time uh, and then i went to bmxnet for the first time and i was following i think it was brian skelly's class about disposable together with ruben 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 Trigero? yeah, Is that yeah. You that's his name. name yeah Trigero? yeah perfect uh, and i was like yeah maybe i can just try disposable because I was already piercing freehand. Most of the piercings I, I do. And I was like, yeah. And I was afterwards, I was talking to Brian um, asking, well, through social media because, uh, because of BMX, it was too much a crowd of it. So I messaged him, asked him some info. He was friendly enough to help me, gave me some websites where I can find clamps or tools or whatever that weren't yeah, too expensive to use. Um, so that's how I changed over uh, to going 
disposable. Uh, I already had a lot of tools. Uh, so it, in the beginning, I just threw those away. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to reprocess them again. I'm just going to give them to the client or just throw them away. Um, whatever. Uh, I'll just bite uh, the budget and just find new tools uh, or other uh, objects to use as transfers or whatever. Um, so just changing from disposable uh, from non-disposable to disposable wasn't too hard. Um, it went really fluent for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, because just I, I just asked a lot of questions to people who were working disposable or who had a lot of knowledge about it, and that's how I got into it. Yeah, I, I really think that we're in a generation of body piercing where sharing information, it's not it's not everywhere. Some people still want to hold on to the information because they, they think that if other people have the information, then they won't make as much money. But <laughs> I think the majority of the, the piercers who are growing now realize that they grew with information that they might have gotten through help with someone else. And now they have to kind of pass that information along to the, the next exactly. people. So like with disposable piercing, sometimes people might think, well, throwing away all those tools is going to be so expensive, but you have to look at it as like, okay, but if you have a really expensive ultrasonic, or if you have, if you're lucky enough, fortunate enough to buy one of those automated tool washers, like a Hydrum or something, and then all the mm -hmm. chemicals and then all the time that it takes to process it at the end of the year, if you compare the cost of the disposable implements versus the cost to reprocess those implements, I think it's very debatable that the disposable might be less expensive. The reason um, people are afraid of it because yeah, it's all expensive, but you can make it as expensive as you want to. If you want to use every tool every, uh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Not to give like too much behind the curtains information if people are mm -hmm. listening and they're not a piercer, but like you can buy very expensive tools. Like as, as an yeah. example, like I have my absolute favorite septum clamps that I bought from Sven yeah, from, yeah. from over there, you know, and they're amazing. And like I paid, I don't remember how much it was, but it was like a lot of money to just import three or four of these septum clamps. And I love mm -hmm. them and I'm a, I'm a reprocessor. So I'll reprocess them and, and get a long, a long life out of them. But if I wanted to buy um, a, a tool that I could throw away, like it might only be just a few pounds, euros, dollars. Like it's not going to be an enormous investment exactly. Um, to, to use quality tools because um, like a lot of the everywhere. tools we use are, are, are medical grade, uh, using the medical industry. So yeah. you'll find them. Yeah. And then things like, um, you know, tapers and all that stuff that a lot of manufacturers, like they're trying to make them as affordable as possible because not even for just disposable piercers, but because of just access, they want as many piercers as possible to be able to mm -hmm. afford to use their tools. But the, the biggest thing that I've learned, like, as I said, I'm not a disposable piercer, but I know enough where I've kind of, I've gained some information from them. Uh, a few years ago at the APP conference, I took a good class that was done by um, a British piercer named Mike Hill and then an American piercer named Monica Sabin. And they, they kind of just changed my mentality of what disposable piercing implements were because you don't always have to buy some purpose specific, really expensive thing, you know, taper pins or forceps or something. A lot of disposable work is kind of making your own implements exactly. out of something where like you can use it the way you need to use it. And then it's just gone. You can just toss it away and then you don't, you never have to worry about it becoming a potential safety hazard. So like how, how tough was it for you to learn some of those little like tricks with the different implements? 
Um, it was very hard in the beginning, um, especially using blanks and, and, and snips. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have the, the knowledge and I was like thinking and using I lost connection a lot of times in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but in the beginning, I was just trying on friends, uh, asking, yeah, I want to try something new. Want to come over? Uh, let's me try. And I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, piercing is perfect. Okay, now connecting. And, and yeah, it was something I was like, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it work? Mm -hmm. And then talking to Brian and, and he, he said, yeah, but there's a forum uh, where I'm on. Uh, there's some videos on it. Go check them out. And that made me, my mind go, oh, it's that easy. Just yeah. bend it a little and it's snug. And it's like, oh, that's easy. Oh, why didn't I think of it? But mm -hmm. yeah, in the beginning, it was uh, a lot of trial and error. Um, finding the right tool for the right job. But I think that's even with when you're reprocessing, if you're new to something, um, it will always be looking for the right tool for your job. Oh, absolutely. Like I've, I've, I've got a massive collection of tools from like a 25 year career. And, you know, I, I, I can look back almost in generations where it's like, okay, these were tools where 15 years ago, I thought that this tool was necessary. Like I wouldn't be able to perform a certain piercing without this. And now I look at it and it's like, I haven't even picked that tool up. <laughs> In, in 15 years, like, you know, you, you learn new skills, you develop. I remember um, another disposable class uh, taught by an American piercer named Baron, and he explained the whole, like, using blanks to create a tool where you can reverse direction with threadless jewelry and, like, mm -hmm. telescoping blanks and snips and all that stuff. And it blew my mind just, like, the sheer level of innovation that, that piercers have come up with in the last few years to be able to work disposable. And I, I think that five years ago, yeah, I could see a lot more arguments against disposable, but now with all the developments that people are made, like I, I find it difficult when piercers like don't accept that disposable piercing can be viable. Like it's, it's, I think it's probably the future of body piercing really. Uh, I think so too. Um, depending if you're, uh, uh, yeah, depending on where you are um, and you're able to uh, recycle a lot of materials because yeah, causing trash, you will cause a lot of trash. Um, and that was my, one of the first concerns. I was like, yeah, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to uh, keep my ecological uh, impact lower than, than just working, reprocessing? Um, so yeah, it's, you, you'll need to find uh, the right work mentality. Um, what I do, I have, uh, an extra container for the clamps if I use a clamp so I can go to, um, how do you say it in English? Uh, like, can uh, you bring it to like a salvage or recycling plant or do yeah, you have to that, yeah. do anything special so, to it? No. So I can put it to the recycling plant. That mm -hmm. was, a, that was a word. Um, so once in a while when the, the, the bucket uh, is full, it's not really a bucket. It's yeah. Just a, a needle container. I just bring it over and, it's recycled. It will be melted down if I put mm -hmm. it in my uh, needle container and just let it pick up. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, it will be yeah, recycled. Uh, normally in Belgium, they do recycle the container, uh, but I don't trust it every time. So I'd rather bring it myself and yeah. know it will be recycled. Well, when it comes to the uh, the environmental impact, I can I can see it both ways. I can certainly understand that people might be put off by the the terminology that it's disposable and that you're throwing things mm -hmm. away when you might be reusing them. But for me in my own studio, just to reuse one tool, I have to throw away so much plastic 
so many chemicals have to go down the drain just for me to process that one tool. Like we have to wear all the, the personal protective equipment that, that we need to process the thing safely. And that's going to be putting it on and taking it off multiple times for the exactly. whole process. And then it's going to go into a, a, a package with plastic and all these different things. And then I would, I would say that, you know, if you have just a metal implement that can be recycled, um, you know, you're not putting all that plastic in the trash. You're not putting all those chemicals down the drain. So I, I can see it both ways. Exactly. So um, because when I was starting um, to write a webinar, um, I was asking questions in the UK forum and the, Belgium, uh, the Benelux forum if people had questions. And a lot of people were asking questions about the, the ecological, um, yeah, mark you leave. And mm -hmm. I was they asked like um do you know anything about this i was like i'm going to look it up i'm not 100 percent sure um exactly the numbers and everything and i i did look it up but there's no real study um saying it is more harmful or better for the environment mm -hmm. um so you'll just have to keep your your mind open and be as yeah try to recycle as much as possible even if you're uh yeah a reprocessing studio i think yeah i've seen some some uh, green-minded piercing studios where they'll have they'll have their one bin for the contaminated trash and there's really nothing you can do with that other than throw it away but then mm -hmm. maybe they'll have another bin that's just like clean plastic from packaging that they can recycle that like i recycle the packages from my sterile gloves i try to recycle as many things as i can in my studio you know the tubs from a disinfectant wipe once they're once they're rinsed out all those things mm -hmm. because you know, it's important to try to lower your impact wherever you can, but I, I think disposable can be very environmentally friendly if you're putting a lot of thought into it. If you're just like exactly. kind of throwing everything away, then yeah, and you know, any studio is going to be an ecological issue if they're just throwing everything mm -hmm. away and not considering recycling and all the other things that they could be doing. Exactly. That's, but that's not even if you're working disposable. I, the, the, in, in the studio I work now, um, in the beginning, when I went there, there was like no recycling. Um, they, well, they just did, uh, yeah, their medical waste was put aside, but the rest was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do paper with paper. And, and, but there wasn't, yeah, sometimes I was like, yeah, but why did you just take an, an extra bin and put it there and mm -hmm. you can just recycle more? And then, they're, and now they're like recycling much more. And then, yeah, I think it's important nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't always been a recycler, but for maybe the last 10 or more years, like I, I've gotten myself into such a stage where if I, if I throw away a piece of plastic in the shop now, I have this like small bit, small bit of guilt where it's like, oh man, I forgot to recycle that plastic. So it's a good little habit that you can get yourself into. Um, not to say that you're going to be putting yourself or anyone else at risk. You still need to pay attention to all the safety concerns, but there are a lot mm -hmm. of places in the studio where we can all be a lot more conscious of, of what we're trying to do to recycle or upcycle or, or reuse things in a safe manner without exactly. you know, putting anyone's health at risk. So as far as APP Benelux goes, you know, it, with, with having a class, um, I, I saw you announce the class. I thought it was great. And my first thought was like, oh, you know, do they have enough members where they're, they're having this, this class for just the APP Benelux members? So I, I sent you a message to ask if you wanted me to maybe, um, you know, share it online and asking if it was going to be in, in English or Dutch or whatever. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, your answer that it was going to be, you know, English because you want to be able to make that information accessible was really great because you're such a young organization, APP Benelux, that it's great that you're really just jumping right into it and saying like, let's share information. It's not just about the Benelux countries. It's about body piercing. So where did the idea for this class come about? Well, uh, I was, I think I was guessing at Stuart's uh, studio. Uh, I think it was a few months ago um, because we were in lockdown, but we were allowed to travel to work. So I was like, yeah, Stuart, if you need help, I'm, I'm more than willing to come over. And we were talking about education. I was like, yeah, I was thinking about doing something, a webinar, maybe just on my platform, uh, whatever, just because, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm bored. Um, I'm, I don't have a lot of t- uh, things to do at the moment. And it was like, yeah, maybe we should do it through APP Benelux, uh, get a lot of attention to us just because it's free. Uh, you want to do, do it. Uh, it gives the organization a lot of uh, yeah momentum. Uh, people will know us. People will see us people will ask questions about us um and that was the reason i just put up the board well the next board meeting was like yeah hey i'm willing to do a webinar um would you like me to host it on app benelux or would you do you guys want to say no um we're not up to it for the moment um so and everybody was like yeah okay yeah we can do that um so i wrote the webinar um i did a tryout for the board members to see if it was okay. Um, and they were like, yeah, okay. We changed a little bit about it just because it was more, yeah, I'm, I'm not used to teaching things. So I, I needed some feedback, um, but yeah, it was just, yeah. How do you say it? Uh, we like talked just- about it and it was just on the go. We, we, we went for it. Uh, I know one of the board members, uh, Geraldine is also writing a webinar um, about social media, um, cool. but we're not sure when she'll finish it because it's a slow process for her. She has a lot of work to do, um, mm-hmm. and she's thinking about doing two classes maybe, but we're not 100% sure yet uh, how that yeah. will go, but we'll just host it, give it a free education for every person who wants to join. Um, we'll do it in English. Maybe if there's enough people asking to do it in Dutch, I will do it in Dutch as well, but uh, there's not a lot of Dutch speaking piercers that are willing to join. So I'd rather do it in English and get more, uh, more people to join and just do whatever I can. It's great to give that kind of access to people. And it really, it, it sets a good example because now if other organizations uh, existing or if they wanted to create a new organization, they're going to kind of see that as a good example of like, we need to share for not just our membership, not just the people who pay to be members, um, not just the board members or like the inside club, you know, like information needs to be accessible to everyone. And it's great to set that kind of an example. Yeah. We're also going to record uh, the webinar. So it will probably be uh, on our website for free for people, uh, for piercers. So they'll need to sign up for it. Um, we're not 100% sure yet how we'll do it. Uh, might be just a link we'll mail through. Um, but it's not just because we, ha- sorry, my cat is attacking my hand. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so it's it's just not for the 100 people that can make it. Um, it will be free afterwards as well um, mm-hmm. for other piercers uh, willing to learn. Yeah, it's great to have those resources out there because sometimes you can teach a really good class, 
but you know, people's life schedules, family schedules, accessibility, they might not be able to take it live. So it's great to be able to give them some sort of an on-demand option. Exactly. Um, so some of the, some of the <coughs> notes that you sent me to prepare for this episode, uh, I really liked how you phrased it that body <laughs> piercers should be helping each other and not really just kind of treating each other like competition, because I, I think that that can hold some piercers back. They might think like, well, you know, if I keep my information secret, that means that I'll be the best piercer because I'll have all the secrets and I can make the most money. But usually those are the piercers who get kind of stuck in the mud and they, they don't really grow and progress because information flows both ways. So if you're not sharing, you're probably not also, you know, getting access to as much information freely. So is that kind of your mentality? Is that something that, you know, the APP Benelux board has discussed openly? Is that something you picked up through the local community or BMX? Like what, what are some of the things that influences your thinking in that way? Um, it's mostly BMX net um, because the first time I went there, everybody was like, yeah, and I do it like this and I do it like that. And everybody was very openly. and was like, damn, why isn't it this more commonly known? Why doesn't everybody does it, do mm -hmm. it? Um, it's way more cooler. We also have a WhatsApp group uh, with some of the members just talking about piercing. Uh, oh, do you want to know something or do you have any? Yeah things you want to know, just send a message or put it on the Facebook uh, group and we'll help each other out. It's way more awesome. You can ask people for help. If you need help, you can give people help. And yeah, it's, I think it's something I got from the punk and hardcore scene, helping each other, the DIY style. Um, mm -hmm. But I really love helping people, um, even if it's just with a message um, or just a picture or a video or a webinar or just go, going to help renovate or something like that. I'm more than happy to help anyone. Um, I'd rather help someone and get help afterwards than just being bored at home, I think. Right, right. It, you know, I, I, I like to consider myself someone who shares a lot of information, but I've, I've learned so much from so many piercers. I've been so fortunate to have all kinds of access and privileges and all these different things. And, um, you know, if I wasn't part of that information, the, you know, the information going both ways, then I feel like I would maybe just be kind of, I'd be stuck. I'd be a piercer in my one city and I might not, I might not be able to think through uh, problems and, and issues and growth the way that I do now. So I love going to different conferences. BMXNet is one of my favorite events of the year. It's been so sad to not be able to go to conferences over, over this whole pandemic year. Exactly. Um, BMXnet, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure when it comes back in some sort of safe fashion, uh, the, the community will come right back with it. And I, I think debatably, BMXnet is the one that I'm looking forward to most, even more than APP in Vegas. I think I'm looking to BMX the most. Yeah, but it's it's more than just the piercing industry. It's more, there's all sorts of things going on. There's a, a freak, yeah, freak show uh, in quotations afterwards. There's like mm -hmm. a party afterwards. Uh just just hanging there, just chilling there, drinking some some beers with some friends or, or some random people you just met. It's just right. a real open community. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, when when we move beyond the pandemic, whether it's this year or next year or whatever year, uh, I, I would say to people out there listening, travel and, and go to conferences. You know, whether it's BMXNet or 
the Russian APP or UK APP, Latin uh, APP or whatever, you know, get out and get to these conferences and, and meet your colleagues, make some new friends, share some information. But, you know, you don't have to go to, to just take classes. Like you said, like go and, and make friends and just hang out with yeah. people and have a conversation because that's that's where the magic happens in this industry. Exactly. When you're when you're a little bit drunk and thinking about things and talking about things, just everything spurs out. You, you don't. Right. Yeah, you don't have a, a break anymore. You just go for it and you just ask the, the randomest questions if you want to. And that's the funny thing about BMX is when you're like almost going home because you're so wasted. And then, yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Uh, do you know anything about that? Just, and everybody's just, so, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Nobody has a, a break. That's cool. Well, as a really good example, like you brought up Brian Skelly and you might have seen this too, but Brian Skelly is like, Okay, so he's a human encyclopedia, but yeah. also like when you can get him in a social situation, he's one of the warmest, friendliest, kindest people. And usually Brian will be my roommate whenever we go to BMX. <laughs> we'll usually share, share a hotel room together. And, um, you know, I'll be kind of at that point where it'll be two or three in the morning and I'll be dragging myself back up to bed and I'll be like, oh man, I have to go to sleep because <laughs> I, I have a day of classes tomorrow. Brian will still be down in the lobby and he'll just be talking to somebody about, you know, disposable piercing or statums or something like that. And he just like, he loves it. And all these piercers who were maybe intimidated thinking like, oh my God, that's Brian Skelly or that's, yeah. you know, whoever, you can just walk up and have a conversation and that person's going to love it and talk to you for like an hour about their, their passion. Yeah, exactly. I think it was at a class of yours at BMXnet and not 100% sure. Yeah, it was yours. And Brian was like, hey, can I sit next to you? I was like, yeah, sure. It was like, Oh, it's Brian. I'm like, ooh, like um, yeah. a little starstruck. And I was like, hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And constantly talking to me about piercing. And then, yeah, it was cool to just talk to him. It was, yeah. Yeah. He's like well, just that, the warmest and nicest person ever. That's a good thing to bring up too, because um, I think that sometimes being starstruck or being wowed by someone, there's nothing wrong with that because it, it shows that whatever they've put out into the world is you know, positive in some way has influenced you in some way. Like I've been starstruck by, by plenty of people. I remember the first few times that I went to conferences and things like that, I would see the people who influenced me and I'd be like, Oh my God, it's this person or that person. And it took me a few times of going before I built up the courage to talk to them. But I think that that's a great point that you bring up is like, just talk to these people. Like, like, you know, if someone wants to ask you disposable questions, I'm sure you're not going to be like, Oh, fuck off. I'm much too important and busy to, <laughs> to talk exactly. with you and anybody else. Yeah. Like I've never been at one of these conferences where someone's just like, yeah, you know, get out of here, kid. Like you're not worth my time. Like that's what people are there for. They want to be able to talk and have fun and share. Yeah. Yeah. They want to, you're, they want to talk. They want to share their knowledge. They want to just be there and, and talk with everybody. Even if it's not possible to talk to everybody, there's everybody just wants to yeah, hang around and chill and, and have a good time. And most of the times you're just talking. Yeah. Do you have um, maybe any advice for piercers if, if they kind of get, get in their own head where they feel too intimidated or, or starstruck or something like how, how would you, how would you approach someone, whether it's in a physical space or in an online space? Like what's some of the advice you might give piercers if they want to engage with someone that they don't know on a personal level? Um, if you're doing at a conference or something and you you probably know someone um just if you know 
yeah, like me, the first time I went, I went with a friend. I was also a peer, so I was like, yeah, want to go together. And when you're with someone else, you're, yeah, you encourage each other from, yeah, you want to go talking, ah, let's go. And you, you, you'll have someone who helps you and guide you, even if you're too starstruck. Mm-hmm. Um, online, I just think, just, just message. Um, I've never even, I've never met someone online that I've messaged um, with a question or whatever that was like, yeah, I've got no time. They might not respond immediately, but they'll respond. And if they know uh, the answer or if they're, they're always, well, most of the people I've chatted are willing to help. Um, so just do it or go to, uh, as a Facebook group, I think just a piercer hangout or something. Mm, uh, yeah. That's the, basically just everybody socializes and hangs yeah. out and just kind of yeah, blows just, off steam. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Last time I was online, I was just chilling and, and making some gold seam rings and just talking to people. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, and what you're doing today? And, and just like sitting at a bar. So mm-hmm. I don't think any, any, anybody in our industry, well, that I know of is like uh, a douchebag. Uh, most of the people, <laughs> right. most of the to people fair, I've met are. I do know a couple of douchebags, but they're in the minority. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know many douchebags, thankfully. Yeah, I thankfully I've not, I've not yet come around someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as as far as the class goes, um, how would how would someone access the class? Um, on our Instagram, there's a link tree with a link to the webinar. Well, to uh, there's a newsletter. If you sign up for it, we'll mail you uh, the Zoom information. There's also uh an event page made by the APP Benelux's uh, Facebook page where we'll post the link as well for the people who didn't sign up through mail. They'll still be able to access it um, through the Facebook event page. Um, everybody who wants to join is, are, yeah, is free to come, uh, but there's only place for 100 people in our uh, Zoom account. So it's be fast. Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, it will be the 23rd of may at 8 p.m uh central easter summertime at uh, central european summertime sorry are you five hours ahead or six hours ahead of me? six hours ahead six hours ahead of me so if it's at 8 p.m uh dutch time it would be uh 2 p.m in the afternoon u.s time east coast u.s time yeah okay yeah i think that that always mixes people up because sometimes you have like you know, British summertime or like West yeah. Coast US time. So like classes, I think that's, that's almost always the biggest headache is people just getting their local time mixed up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I was there on time. Oh no, I was too late. Fuck. Yeah. So I've had people show up like a full day ahead of time and they're like, <laughs> when does the class start? And be like, well, tomorrow, but thank you for being early. <laughs> and, uh, that's really early. Yeah. Day ahead, but. So um, any, any future projects with APP Benelux? Like how has been, how has been the response for, uh, for membership? I think I must check. I think we have a lot, about 12 members for now. There oh, are really still strong. some, uh, some of the, how do you say it in, in English? The, because we were with 12 people uh, who started it. Uh, mm-hmm. So the five board members plus seven other people who helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few of those still need to apply. Uh, but due to lockdown and, and they had a lot of work and, and 
we just we gave him uh yeah just uh oh sure just do well just apply whenever you want an important side note for that you know for Mm -hmm. for you or for anyone else who's like working on a project um any progress is amazing right now and like you know you don't want to try to you don't want to try to set distant goals and like forget your own successes because like you know if you have those 12 members in in two months like that alone is fantastic like that's what you need you need the core people who are going to share information and move things forward and you know the additional members will will, will come over time but i wouldn't want anyone to think that like oh it's only it's only 12 like that's that's amazing you know in pandemic and in lockdown being able to do all the progress that you have um just being able to make any headway is is great so for you or for anyone else out there don't hold yourself to an impossible standard. Just be proud of the things that you've achieved. And I think you guys have achieved a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I know a lot of people are, are interested in joining, but they don't have yeah, the time to apply or they don't have the exact uh, certifications or whatever. So I think by the end of the year, we'll be around 15 to 20 members. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really happy that's going this way. It's, it's, it's way better than I, I would have ever imagined. Um, yeah. So it, we got a great response. We got a lot of people asking questions, how to join, why they would want to join. Mm-hmm. Um, there are sponsors already, uh, jewelry manufacturers that give discounts uh, if they become an APP member. Um, yeah, it's, it's going ridiculously crazy, I think. That's but great. That's awesome. Have you gotten any... Um... Criticism probably isn't the right word, but I think that sometimes when like a new organization pops up and it's it's like a regional thing, so maybe some of those regional local piercers might think like, well, why do I need to be a member? Why are you the person in charge of my membership? Things like that. Have you have you encountered any sort of like criticism or pushback, or has everybody been pretty receptive to it? At the moment, everybody has been been okay with it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there's not been any blowback yet that I know of. Maybe. Uh, one of the other board members has heard something differently, but at the moment, everything is very positive. We try to stay as open as possible. If anybody wants to give us feedback, we're openly welcome to, uh, to listen to what you have to say, or if you have any concerns, um, we're all open here. Um, so we hope that that's the way to, to reach a lot of people and just being open. And we don't want anybody to be discouraged to join uh, everybody's welcome to join if anybody wants to join you're always welcome to join if you don't have the jewelry yet or you don't have the right sterilization room or whatever um, we're happy to help anybody with certain questions um, some of us are even willing willing to go to the studio to maybe help plan something out um, yeah just give us a call or a message or whatever and we can see what we can do for you yeah, it's great to have that kind of support. I, I I think that the the APP, you know, American style international APP, got a lot of criticism in its early years because there were piercers that were like, "Well, what makes you think you're better than me? Or what makes you think that you can tell me how I should be operating in my business?" And I don't I don't really think that that's what organizations are about or should be about. I think it's just about like, well, we care about piercing. If you care about piercing, we should talk and we should share why we care about piercing and and move forward from there. And you sound like you have a a really um, open organization. And uh, I I think that you'll get some strong growth 
over time, yeah. you know, when more people know what you have to, to offer. And especially when you get to a point where you can maybe have in-person meetings and all that stuff, I think it's going to be fantastic for you. Yeah. And I think uh, Stuart and, and everybody on the board are doing great jobs at everything they're planning, um, social media wise, uh, website wise, everybody's been doing a great job. Everybody's being open, um, friendly, uh, fun, um, I wouldn't want anybody else to uh, to help the organization with the group we started. Um, with, I'd love more people to help. Um, I'd l- the more the merrier. But it was such a good flow. Everybody was like, "Yeah, we're gonna put our shoulders onto it, uh, under it," and everybody just did did everything they wanted to do. Um, nobody had any problems. Nobody had uh, like how do you say it? Nobody was yeah, discouraged or, or unmotivated to, to do something. So yeah, it was a blast. That's, that's still great. is a blast. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great. Like hearing the story about how it came about, where it kind of started as like, well, let's just work on a, a project for safety and policies. And then it was like, well, wait, why don't we just make an organization and having it come together where you had that group of people where there wasn't any sort of infighting or conflict or somebody being like, no, no, I'm going to be the president. No, I'm going to be the president. Like, it's really nice to just see everybody helping and, and trying to move it forward. So that's, it's great. You know, I, I, um, I'm really looking forward again to just being able to like see all these different groups, you know, see the APP Benelux people to see the, the German like VPP piercers Mm -hmm. and the UK APP piercers. Like I just, I miss all these different communities and like, I need it for my, for my own energy, you know, and I'm really looking forward to when I can actually start moving around again and uh, you know, being able to see everybody. Yeah. I think uh, everybody is aching to, to go to a conference or just going to a meetup. Right. Yeah. What, um, what's it like piercing there right now, as far as like pandemic restrictions, like are, are things getting better? Are they staying the same? Uh, is it, is it strange? Uh, it is strange, uh, and I think mm. it will be strange until until everybody's vaccinated here. Um, yeah. But we just came out of a lockdown. I think we reopened two weeks ago again, two or three weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, so it's a blast to be piercing again, but yeah, it's, it's head over heels sometimes. Uh, a lot of people are just uh, not thinking about the restrictions, uh, people coming in without a, ma- uh, without a mask, uh, people not making appointments, thinking they're allowed to just walk in. And, and yeah, it's, it's a strange area uh, era yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I don't know if it's like fatigue or if it's just the same people that never cared about somebody yeah. else. But we get that sometimes too. I'm fortunate with my studio that we can just keep the front door locked most of the time. And we let people in through a side door. So that helps us a lot. But if we had the one entry point, like so many people just walk up to our door and try to open it up and they knock on the window. And it's like, I'm sorry, we have a giant sign that says appointment only. And mm-hmm. it makes it easier for us to stick to our policies. But um, I, I would have hoped that that would have been something that that was a six months ago problem. And if it's still clients still have that same frustration, if people still aren't paying attention to face masks and social distancing and all that stuff. I know it's just going to take longer for us to get back to normal and I'm dying to get back to normal. I I finally got my, my second vaccine. So what what are vaccines like there? Do you have open access to vaccines or is it still slow to roll out? Uh, It's slow to roll out, but I think um, 
they're pacing up at the moment. So um, I think by the, what was it? I think yeah, yesterday or, or two days ago, they said by mid-July, everybody should have their first shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going faster and faster. Um, they, they're they hoping to uh, normalize everything by September this year. Um, mm-hmm. So we can go back to parties and whatever, but we'll have to see how everything, everything goes. Um, they just announced that by the end of August, big festivals in, in Belgium should be able to operate normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything has to do if um, the ICUs are full or uh, uh, the vaccination percentage isn't what they want. Uh, it will be hold off, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Everything's starting to open up here pretty rapidly. And uh, I, I can't tell if it's that, you know, the science and the data makes me apprehensive or if it's just that I'm so stressed out and like traumatized from the last year that it's like, I, I'm kind of scared for, for things to go back to normal, but um, yeah, same here. It feels a little bit less weird here now because, you know, we've, we've been pretty fortunate with our access to vaccinations, but still it's, I, I think it's going to be a long time before everybody can feel natural again. Exactly. And yeah, I'm hoping I, um, I, I'll be able to get a vaccine soon, but we'll have to wait. Um, there, I'm on the reservation list, so if anybody falls out and there's nobody else that's able to go, I'm going. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me. Is there anything else on your mind that you want to chat about? Um, not that I know. I think we did all the subjects I noted. Okay. quotes but <laughs> yeah so, it, it was fun fun chatting with you yeah it was nice talking to you too um you know and i'll, I'll say thanks for you know you, you've been pretty supportive of me over this last year yeah. so i just want to say <laughs> thank you to to You're that you know, I, I definitely appreciate it um i love what you do so uh, i love watching your webinars or seminars so it's something fun to do during the pandemic so <laughs> thanks yeah well i i need it I need it just as much as other people might need it. You know, like the education that everyone has had access to all these different webinars from all these different piercers has been really important for me just to keep my energy up and for me to still feel like a, a body piercer sometimes. So exactly, um, I, I, I think it's pretty important that I can share whatever I can uh, because I, you know, I, I want other people to feel like um, I want other people to remember that they're piercers, whether like you're at work or not. Like you're still a piercer and I, I want you to feel um, like you're still part of the community. Yeah. So for your class, just one last time, uh, it's going to be uh, May 23rd. Yeah. May 23rd at 8 PM. Yeah. Dutch time. So it's 2 PM your time. Um, mm-hmm. You can sign up to, uh, to the bio of APP Benelux. There's a link tree with uh, a subscription to our newsletter for webinars there you'll get a mail uh, with the information and if you don't want to sign up for the mail no problem you can go to the app app benelux's facebook page there's an event for uh, the webinar and the link will be posted there as well all right great um one last time for the people too what's uh what's your social media if they want to check out more of your work 
Um, my social media is at IcoBMBA on Instagram uh, and on Facebook it's Burning Moon uh, Body Art. Uh, my website is burningmoonbodyart.be uh, and the shop's social media is Cutting Edge Tattoo Collective uh, all uh, all together on social media. Great. Well, uh, I appreciate you chatting to me and uh, we'll have to talk again soon. Perfect. Have a nice day and talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Aiko. Uh, the, the whole concept is of disposable. If I had to go back and start a studio from scratch, I, I'm pretty sure I would be starting disposable right now. I love my tools. I love my collection of tools. I, I don't love reprocessing those tools, but you know, I'm, I'm a tool-based piercer. Uh, not to say that you can't be a tool-based piercer if you're piercing disposable, but some of the innovations that have come up with the different use of blanks to, to create things for back pressure or different jewelry transfers, reversing direction, all that stuff, it's it's amazing innovations, and I'm really excited to see where that takes the, the piercing industry over the next few years. So, uh, again, you can sign up for that class. It's Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. It's totally free to the first 100 attendees. Uh, follow the APP Benelux social media to get more information there. If you are Spanish-speaking, uh, whether it's a, a first language or you know, second, third, fourth language, uh, there's going to be another class on Sunday, May 30th in Espanol, uh, taught by Ruben Trigero, and it will all be about skin asepsis, different skin antiseptics. I've got a little description I'm going to read. I did it on Google Translate, so hopefully it comes across uh, accurately. Uh, the antiseptis of the skin, which is a fundamental component of aseptic technique, essential to perform a safe piercing. This presentation will discuss what an antiseptic is and how it works, the different antiseptics used in body piercing, and how to establish a successful antisepsis protocol to perform a safe piercing. This presentation is suitable for piercers of all skill levels. Send an email to, and get this, I don't know how he got it, but his email is bodypiercing at gmail.com. I don't know if he was the first person to, to think of that and sign up for it and grab it on Gmail or if it just went un, ungrabbed. Uh, I feel like maybe half of piercers out there have like a body piercing by so-and-so at Gmail uh, address. So anyway... Send an email to bodypiercing at gmail.com if you want more information or to receive the registration form. Space is limited. Sunday, May 30th, uh, 2021. Access is exclusive to professional piercers. I would imagine there'll be some sort of a, a registration to verify that you're an active body piercer. Please keep in mind that this presentation will be in Spanish. Um, so I would say, like, don't be a pain in the butt about it and be like, oh, well, why don't you have an English translation? Um, write it yourself <laughs> if you want one. Uh, I think this is great for Spanish-speaking piercers, so contact Ruben Trigero. Uh, he's a brilliant mind, and um, I, I wish I spoke Spanish. I should work harder at, at learning another language. I'm just a useless American. Uh, as far as information from me... I'm going to be doing another class on Sunday, June 6th. That will be Patreon exclusive. You'll have to be one of my supporters at patreon.com slash ryanpba. Uh, it will be open to all levels. So I have levels uh, starting at $2 up to $15 a month. The on-demand video content is only on the $15 tier. But uh, for this recording, uh, I'll, I'm happy to invite any of my Patreon supporters. And it will be about tapers. So just like when I did the needles class, I talked about the differences between a lot of different needle vendors, their functionality, uh, what needles you use for what applications. 
I'm going to be doing a presentation all about tapers. Uh, as I said, I've got a, a really extensive collection of tools after a long career, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to show them off. I'm going to talk about some of the tapers that I phased out of, why I don't really like them anymore. I'll be talking about the tapers that I'm using every day in my studio, and some of the tapers that I pull out for specialty work. So. I'll be talking about standard concave tapers, I'll be talking about pin coupling tapers, threaded coupling tapers, eyelet coupling tapers, uh, the different lengths and the graduations. And if you're not sure what, what graduation means, come to this class, sign up for uh, for patreon.com slash ryanpba. I'll be talking about uh, different lengths, different graduations, different applications for things like stretching, jewelry insertion during a piercing, uh, tapering open a piercing that might be uh, partially closed, all different kinds of stuff. Um, I'm not really going to be talking about uh, making your own transfer devices with blanks uh, for disposable piercers, but going to something like Ico's class would be a great resource for you if that's something you're interested in. So you've got all this content available to you, Ico's class Sunday, May 23rd, Ruben's class Sunday, May 30th, and my tapers class through patreon.com slash ryanpba will be Sunday, June 6th. So mark them down in your calendars, and uh, thanks for listening to the show. I'll be back soon with another episode. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.